0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, start your sleep timers and prepare for minor borification because it's time for Sleep With Me, the podcast to puts you to sleep. And if you want to help this show, a great way to do that is to use our Amazon link over at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash Amazon, and it'll be the same Amazon you always use. It'll just uh, give us a small commission on whatever you buy. And it's a huge help. It uh, enables us to bake or you post your posters and edit these episodes. So thank you so much, uh, slash Amazon. And let's get on to the show. Trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling asleep. Well, welcome. This is Sleep with Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. We do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. And what I'm going to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever has been keeping you up at night, whether it's uh, stuff you're thinking about, stuff you're feeling physically or stuff that's affecting you emotionally, whatever it is that has you uh, up or wakes you up in the middle of the night, I want to take your mind off of that. And the way I'm going to do it is I'm going to use lowing, soothing, somewhat creaky, dulcet tones, uh, pointless meanders, long pauses, uh, going nowhere. You say, geez, scooters going nowhere slow. It's kind of like the... the, uh, I'm kinda of like a mediocre bad boy, because a bad boy you'd say he's going I don't want you around him. He's going nowhere fast. They say well what about Scooter? Well he's going nowhere too, but it's much slower. But yeah don't no no, he, he we we don't want him rubbing run rubbing off on you, dear. Well, actually, Nana, that's me, the one we're talking about. This is your... Well, okay, well, don't do kitchen I spend so much time with yourself. I could try, Nana. I was can I get back to my metaphor? Oh, yes, just go back to... Just leave me here. Just leave me here, right? If you just... Okay, can I use you as an example, then? I'll go right ahead. You want to use me as an example? Oh, this is my Nana. Well, anyway, guys, I don't know what happened. I was trying to say, oh, you know, like, I'm like... this is what happens. Sometimes I go, I'm going nowhere slow. And then I realize I'm going, my Nana calls me into the house. I thought we were going nowhere slow. And then she says, and I say, can I bring my friend in? And she said, well, I'm not prepared for a guest, but you already, they're already here. So come on in. And then luckily the ideal thing is we won't have to sit around awkwardly. With my nana, not that it would have ever been awkward sitting around with you for hours at a time, nana. Uh, doing, you know, uh being uncomfortable, because uh, I'm gonna try to instead of taking, instead of having to go into someone's house and say, you know, deal with the butterscotch candy debate, look around, determine is that is this what must smells, or, you know, is this mothballs must. You know, and then you say, geez, could you go in? There? And they say, then you say, oh, goodness, is that cabbage cooking or is that the normal smell of the house? And then you wonder, am I going to have to eat dinner here? And you might even be like, I'm not even really, you know, this this is his. This. And they say, oh, no, I mean, this is my, my, I'm the same person. Oh, no. And then you say, geez, okay, what am I going to chop?" Please don't ask me about, you know, uh, girls, school, future, uh, dream, please, please don't. Now, and, and the weird thing is, let me take it take it to another level of uh, strange and, and dull. Uh, another thing I've slowly learned by both doing this podcast and, you know, extracurricular things to try to be, try to, to be like, what is this grown-up stuff? Can I handle it? Uh, another thing I've learned is all my impressions and assumptions about poor Nana. And all my desire to get out of her house and avoid the uncomfortableness of being there. Somehow I missed out on something. You know, maybe this Nana. You know, we had that Nana a couple weeks ago that started her own business where she kept collections for people. I don't know if you saw her. She was in Forbes recently. She's the Uber. They call her the Uber hoarder. With hoarders in quotes. Because you say, well... Uh, she, she now has like an app She said I'd like to collect baseball cards But I don't want it to do And she says done So you'll be hearing about that I don't know what it's called It's not called Uber Hoarder um, I don't know I got. Bad. I said don't, don't I get any Can I get in on the ground floor on this And she said you could sweep my ground floor But, but I guess the only thing is I was so busy worried about how I feel And how uncomfortable I was I never took a time to look around at all the interesting things and say, is that cabbage or could I smell more smells or whatever? I had so much going on in my brain uh, that I couldn't even enjoy the situation. And sometimes the bedtime can be like that for me. I don't know about for you. You know, you say, Jesus, is that cabbage? Well, it can't be cabbage, so what am I smelling? And then he said, don't you hate how sometimes wool smells? I mean, what the hell is up with that? And you say, geez, I thought it, dry, it dries fast. Why is it like when it gets wet, it stinks? And you say, there must be some wet wool in here because I didn't cook any cabbage. And then you might say, oh, man. What, what, what? And then you might start thinking about wool. And then you say, geez, well, I'm just trying to go to sleep here. And, what, you know, I was thinking about my cat pillow collection and whether that woman's actually taking good care of it. What it's like to rent a collection, and then and the next thing you know, you got a nanotype thing. Why aren't you? What's what's going on tomorrow? What are you wearing to that Christmas party? And you say, "Well, the Christmas party's in four days, right? Well, you better start worrying about." Okay, well, I'm trying to sleep again, and whatever other voices or characters from your past, or you know, whatever it is, I want to take your mind off of it. And I I guess, again, instead of listening to all, like, like if I could go back in time, I'd probably just be like, listen, Nana, I'd rather, you know, but maybe part of me could sit there and enjoy it and say, let's share some stories. What is this here? Is this a curio cabinet? Because I'm curious about it. It's got my curiosity. You know, I could even work new material. And I say, yeah, cut my teeth on my Nana, now I'm doing the, uh, Retirement circuit, who doesn't pay, but and I'm not retired, but uh, but you know, whatever it is, I want to distract you so that all those voices you could listen to me instead of listening to those voices and just enjoy being in bed and listen to me kind of rattle, ramble on, prattle on. I'll do some nonsense that won't make any sense at times. I'll change, I'll, I'll almost complete something and I'll change subjects. And then I'll, you know, maybe I'll say, geez, is that Sco- Scooter? Is he in a fugue state or is he, you know, and, and that, my, one of my favorite things, because is, is he serious about this or is he joking? And I say, well, geez, I don't even know. Uh, and all this stuff, it'll be ideally a little bit disorienting, but as I go along, you will be like, oh, well, I'm not thinking about stuff, so this isn't bad, you know? Kind of, I'm trying to think of what other stuff you go do. And I say, well, this isn't bad, you know, it's not bad. And then, but then the cool thing about this podcast is I don't mind either. I don't mind not, not being bad. I mean, she's, it's like, uh. I guess that ties into the other one. It's like, I'm not, I'm the not bad boy. Is he a bad boy? Man, eh, no, he's not bad boy. Not a great boy either. And not, you know, you know, not a man, more of a boy man. We've talked about that, but I'm not a, you know, not a bad boy. So he's not, not a bad boy. No, no, he's not bad boy. It's easier and it, it makes more sense to one part of your brain if you just say, that's not bad boy. Maybe one word, maybe some dashes. But what you'll learn about Not Bad Boy is that you don't need to give me your full attention. Because I'm not, you know, it's just a, you know, you could be partially engaged and then disengaged. You know, we start out partially engaged. Maybe I say something about, you know, soaking beans. Do you soak your beans or do you just cook them? And then, you will say, okay, wait, he's got my attention now because I've been wondering that same thing. And then, you know, then I'll disengage and say, is he going to get back to the beans? And they say, well, I I don't soak. I I don't soak, but I also don't consistently make beans enough to make it a good idea. Anyway, not important. Anyway, I'm going to change the subject again. That was easy. And I say, okay, well, I guess I didn't even need to hear him resolve because he's not a chef, so... And so at some point, part of you, you might not even need to, ideally, ideally, there's a suppleness there, and you just will slide right off. My words will slide right off of your brain or your ears, or you'll slide right off, and you'll slide right into dream dream town. And you, then you'll wake up the next day, I remember him talking about beans, and I think he was talking at Cat Pillows. I remember that, but that could have been from another episode. Okay, well, yeah, but I got a good night's sleep, and I did wake up to go to the bathroom. I put it back on, and I think he was making a speech about something, but it was a character making a speech. Could have been about, I don't know, but it was, yeah, oh, I slept good. And this account, that's when the podcast is working on all cylinders see how many cylinders does this bike has half scoots. I'm I'm laughing at the ridiculousness. Yeah, I mean about no, no no cylinders probably. I don't even know why I find that funny. Because I like headed into a metaphor and I was like, oh wait, there's no cylinder metaphor. And there's also no joke, which kind of is <laughs> That's what cracks me up. It's like, uh, it's just just not bad. He was trying to make a point about cylinders. It went badly, but it wasn't bad, you know. know, He he wrecked his metaphor. It never even got off the ground, so he didn't really wreck it. But the thing is, I hope this takes your mind off whatever's been keeping you up. And this podcast is, you know, different. It's not everybody's cup of tea. For the people it works for, if you give it a couple times it works for you, It, it works. And if it doesn't work for you, I'm sorry. You know, I'm glad you're here. I really hope, I really desire that I can help you fall asleep. I'm sending my voice. And I'm really sending the best intentions I can find across the deep dark night. You know, to try to take you over this threshold. So I hope that I can help you out. And thanks so much for stopping by. Housekeeping, we're on the web www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. You can find older episodes there. You can find our show notes. You can comment there at uh, the website. You can email me feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com. Let's see, we're on Twitter at Dear Scooter, on Facebook. I want to thank Chris Posty-Posterson from Sounds Like an Earful Podcast who edited this mu- episode and did the music. He's edited this whole series so far. I want to thank Scotty and Jennifer on our artwork. I want to thank our narrators over at com slash N-O-D-S. That's our Facebook group. And that's Lie to Lie, Rachel L to the G, Jennifer B, Julie C, Laura, and Alexandra. I want to thank Latitude on our subreddit, over at www.wrestlingmanpodcast.com, R-E-D-D-I-T. And I want to thank all of you uh, that I've been hearing from. Thank you so much for the support. Uh, if you want to subscribe to the show, sleeping me podcast.com slash iTunes or slash Android. And if you're doing any last minute holiday shopping and you're still awake, just use the Amazon link, sleepomipodcast dot com slash Amazon. Uh, thank you so much. And let's get on with the show. Uh, good evening everyone. This is Claude Neon reporting. And I'm contractually required to say reporting for sleepwithmepodcast.com. And when when I was last uh, telling you, I, I just just filing this report after being in the air in Santa's sleigh. And, and I have just a few minutes to file this first report because Roberta is saying goodbye to Spackle the Elf. Uh, we're driving him in a major metropolitan area, which uh, anyway I can't speak to the plans in case this is leaked. But we're, we're Roberta's saying goodbye to Santa. We've we've been traveling in the sleigh, and we're still headed north. And the only thing I did file in reports that I was curious about is like I was like, okay, Roberta, you know we're going through these Christmas. Uh, creatures, these, these tale, Christmas uh, folklore characters. And I said, what about the big guy that everybody loves uh, or loves to dress up as or dress their kids as nowadays? What about Krampus? And I said, because Krampus could be the most uh, toughest for us to deal with. And she said, uh, Claude, uh, Krampus is a pop You know, there's nothing to worry about with Krampus. Because he's, too, he's he's a pop culture creature, he's too. You know, there's a movie coming out, and there's there's nothing to be concerned about. Krampus is he's he's been you know, he's getting his due, and maybe he's you know with Chewbacca and Star Wars. You know, Krampus is kind of like the Chewbacca. And I said, Roberta, he's nothing like Chewbacca. We don't even know anything about this. And she said, well, wait until the movie comes out then. But she said, if you were a Krampus, a real Krampus, and there was a movie coming out about you, don't you think you'd be more concerned with the box office and seeing the movie and then saying, you know, going, you know, they're going to be dealing, okay, I'll tell you what, Claude, she said. They're going to be dealing with the critics of the movie because, you know, it's a, it's a fun Christmas movie. I, she thinks. She, she said she has not seen it or she can't spoil movies, you know, because that's not what Santa does. But anyway, I just wanted to note that about Krampus' Claudia, and I'll, I'll be back reporting soon. Okay, this is Claude Neon, and I'm here uh, with uh, Roberta Claus, who's close by. She's uh, doing a little bit of exploring, and I may have a little chill in my voice to catch you up on what has happened. We were headed north in the in Roberta Claus' sleigh, uh, the two of us streaking across the sky. We had started to cross... Uh, the frozen tundras we had gone, I think we actually went over Thunder Bay, Canada. But we continued north until, until I could not tell any anything from white to, it was all white and it was all gray and the sun falls fast. But we started to fly lower and lower as Roberta started to get a sense and then suddenly the sleigh started to be hit. She said, we're close to the North Pole at some point. You know, we're flying lower. But then the sleigh was pelted by giant snowballs. And I said, Robert, you know, it, we do. of course, this isn't as calm as your reporter, Claude Neon. But at the time, the sleigh was being belted by snowballs. And finally, Roberta said, we're going down, Claude. And she said, luckily, we're going down. And then she said, this is, a, you know, and we went down into the snow. And the sleigh, I, I'm not at liberty to discuss any of the safety mechanisms, but I could tell you with complete confidence that that is one safe sleigh if your child has ever chosen. Like the kid, I think in that Tom Hanks movie, To Fly With Santa, you could say, wow, because that, that, we landed, I was fine. Roberta was fine. Uh, the sleigh was not fine. It, it was uh, some sort of mashed potato snowball, I think Roberta was saying, but it was frozen. And it just created too much drag on the sleigh, and we went down. And we found ourselves in an Arctic tundra. And Roberta said we well, could get a few hours till till just a brief sun. So she said we need to head in this direction. And I have to tell you, it was very hard to endure a boring, long stretch in a a dark night, cold. Now, of course, the sleigh had all sorts of, uh, you know, parka-type things, so we were well-suited. But I was still cold, and it was just because I said, Jesus, where are we? I, I may have started to lose hope, but Roberto led the way. And she said, just put one, you know, one boot in front of the other. And then I started to become exhausted. And she fed me cookies. And she said these were balanced cookies, you know, not all sweet. And it was a sweeter sea. I say, was this more of a biscuit, Roberta? And she had a flask of uh, warm cider. She said it was N.A. cider. And, again, it helped my spirits But we trekked on and on. And on this trek, it was also hard because even though we were walking so close to each other, there was a wind and we couldn't communicate. And then finally, there was a brief, it didn't feel like the day had come, but there was a brief break in the darkness. And Roberta paused and she seemed to be headed with a determination and she paused. And she said, This is familiar. And then she scanned the area slowly, and she said, there, that blue ridge. She goes, I know that blue ridge. Let's go. And we headed to it, and a short amount of day came. And she was in. I said, without that day, we would not have found that blue ridge, probably. But as we headed towards the blue ridge, I saw it was... uh, Uh, facing another direction like it was a cliff, not a cliff, but a drop-off, a snowbank. We were on the the sloping side, and then on the other side was a a bit of a drop. But as we climbed to the top and shuffled to the top and and climbed this bright blue, as blue as Walter White's methamphetamine, uh, this little rock outcropping, I saw at the drop-off that the uh, ridge of the uh, snowbank had hidden what seemed to be some sort of old cabin, yeah, but it was also covered in this blue ice. And Roberta said just as I saw it, and she swung down to the front of the cabin, and I jumped down. She she actually she didn't catch me in her arms, but she she did catch me. But not bear, you know, when you jump off of the top of a cabin into a, a pile of snow, supported me with her arms. And she said, this is where it all started, Claude. And this may be, and she said, Scooters podcast mostly covered it, but this cabin was where Roberta and some other scientists working for the United States government, it may, maybe that's illegal to say, but working for a government based in North America, not made up of nice Canadians, uh, was, to, was going to strike the North Pole. And she went in the cabin, she said, things are different. And and, and we had this, she said, this all oh, this uh, is a rock candy cave attached to the cabin, and the back of the cabin was gone. And it went off into a blue sparkling cave, which Roberta said was uh, rock candy. And she says, luckily there's no people, you know, right. She said there was people stuck in this rock candy at some point, but this cave wasn't here that I remember, but she's like, I did leave during the, uh, North, you know, to help save Santa Claus. And some of these details, you know, we can't risk until we have Edward Snowden with, you know, primary, primary sources and things we can't, you know, reveal us. Edward Snowden is interesting. He's not in this story, but he has a snow-based name. Uh, but as we went through the cabin, Roberta was looking for it and she says, there was, seemed to be this old-fashioned, they said, is this a toy cabin? And she goes, no, it seems it's a, an outpost for, she said, I don't know what this cave is. I need to look into it. But she, she there seemed to be this, like, uh, I thought it was a Christmas gift. It looked like an old-fashioned kind of a, 1930s to, you know, modern-day steampunk ray gun. You'd see a a young person playing with, and I said, oh, Roberta, this is cool. And she said, be careful with that, Claude, that's a real weapon. And she said, as a matter of fact, we could have a snack. And then she opened up the cartridge. She rejected the, whatever you would call it, uh, I don't know, and then she she started poking around. I think she she I don't know if it was a bobby pin or a paper clip, but she started poking around. And then uh, cotton candy sprayed out of it a little bit. And, and just enough, she, she had hit this right hole. And I said, oh, and she says cotton candy. Ca- cotton candy cane candy. Cotton candy. This is a cotton candy cannon. And she said this was, you know, Santa's non-lethal, part of his non-lethal defense system. She said, this must, she goes, I don't understand what it's doing out here. But she goes, at some point, there must have been some elves or someone stationed out here. And one second, I'm hearing someone calling Roberta. Oh my goodness, I'm hearing a voice calling Roberta, some sort of male voice. I'll be back. Uh, on here. Yeah, some things have just unfolded, uh, let me see if I can piece it together for you. I was standing in the cabin, and Roberta had gone to check, uh, she said she was just gonna peek into the candy, rock candy cave, as I, I was, a, I was really enjoying the, uh, cotton candy can and candy cane cotton candy. It was delicious. And Roberta even said, did you believe it or not, it's nutritious. And she said, without any added vitamins, it just has a nice balance of electrolytes. And she goes, it is high calorie and we need calories right now, Claude. Uh, But then I decided to file my report in between uh, slobbers of cotton candy. And then I heard a voice, a male voice, and I I stopped recording and I went around the corner into the cave. And at first, I, I said I was a little nervous, but I wasn't. I said, well, maybe it's Spackle. Roberta didn't tell me all the plans was Spackle the elf. Uh, but then I saw a man that looked a bit from behind. I thought it was Obi Wan Kenobi. And I said, okay, maybe either something has gotten you. Maybe this is all a dream because I could swear. And I said, okay, wait, okay, Obi Wan Kenobi. And I'm talking Alec Guinness Obi Wan. I, I enjoyed the other guy, but uh, I said, "Is that a?" And then I said, "Okay, maybe i you know maybe this is all." Claude Neon bumped his head and didn't get up till morning. And I watched, and he spoke in this slow uh, voice. He said, "Hello, Roberta." And I heard her say, or "ru." I couldn't, the cave was full of tiny echoes. But Ruprecht, I think it was. And he said, have a seat. And I stood there watching. I didn't know if the Obi, and I said, there's still a sense of calm in there on Roberta's face. And just like the back, back you see the back of Obi-Wan, it still calms you down. I don't know if that's the force. Or just because they say, you know, I don't know if the back of Gandalf would do that to you, but this did. And she said, It's good to see you, Rupert. And she, I think Roberta drops the rubric. Rubric. I, I think she said it like that rubric. A little bit like a rubric, but a uh, rubric. And Roberta sat down. And she said, why are you here? And he said, I should ask you the same thing. She said, you know why I'm here. To save Christmas. And he said, Roberta, you already have saved Christmas. And she said, that's very uh, neutral of you to say, Rupert. I said, is she, is she changing how she's saying or Maybe I'm changing how I'm remembering Rupert's name. But he said, you have saved Christmas, Roberta. And he goes, maybe that was Santa's intention all along. And she, she, she didn't even say anything. She just looked at him with a neutral look, with just a twinge of uh, calling out Rupert's BS. But he said, this is the chance for the people of the world to choose how to celebrate Christmas on their own, Roberta. He goes, we just need to sit back and and let it unfold. He goes, they can start their own little holiday traditions. Based on their faith or their family or their culture or their homeland or their new homeland, Roberta. It could be a beautiful new Christmas season. They could even start to create new traditions, you know, to protect Mother Earth. And Roberta sighed. And she said, "Our new traditions based on shame, and good children and bad children." Rupert. So he said, "It's already started, Roberta. And you could be the heroine of that." Uh, someone representing science in the earth, you could push these new traditions. As we move into some new, diverse new age without the homogenization of Christmas joy and point. You know, Roberta, my feelings about poinsettias. And she said, why are you here, Rupert? Why are you meeting me here? And he, he said, I'm here to offer you a choice, Roberta. A simple choice. You withdraw from the world. And Secret Santa will as well. And you, you, you will still have a role. But it won't be a dominant one like he had. We'll, we'll have a much more balanced Christmas. With more choice. And you can share your message with the world. About Christmas without being in charge of it. And Roberta said, so Secret Santa will, will withdraw from the world. What about the memory of Secret Santa? Won't that be left to, to, to linger with the children and to develop on their own. To prey on their fears. And keep them wondering in the back of their mind if Santa uh, stopped Christmas because they were naughty. And Roberta, said, this is the best thing for the world, Roberta. And I don't want you to get in the way of it. And he said, besides, you don't really have any choices. The world's already rejected you. We're simply going to give you a chance to, to not just win the world's favor back, Roberta, but to, to return something to the world, to give to keep giving. And Roberta said, all right, well, tell me, okay, what is your... She, she, she seemed angry and upset. She said, what do you propose, Claude? What is my choice? And he said, well, you could stay here in this frozen cave forever. Or you could start to unlock some of the magic of the North Pole, Roberta. And bring some of the science to the world. Think of what the power of the North Pole could do against hunger and against the dirty water, against mosquitoes. Think about all the lives you could save, Roberta. All all, all the children, you know, this is something that Santa kept a lid on. We could share the power of the North Pole with the world. And that would be what's best for all the children of the world. And Roberta stood up, and, and she, she, again, she, it wasn't a kind of a sigh, but she ran her hand across the, the candy cane walls. And she said, she said, that would be nice, wouldn't it, Rupert? To be able to help all the children. So I'm like, is Santa been just sitting on this power source and just saving it for Christmas selfishly, is that what you're telling me? And Rubik said, I think so, Roberta. And she says, so you figured out a way to unlock the power of Christmas. And that's when, and that's when, and then there was a pause. And I, I watched this, Obi-Wan, you know, this rubric, Obi-Wan, his back got tight. And she said, and Roberta picked up on it right away. She said, you haven't unlocked it. Because there is no unlocking it. And I've got a feeling you're just down here wasting my time. That these decisions have already been made. She goes if Santa could have done this, he would have done it a long time ago. The Santa Claus I know. And then Rupert, Black, he goes, you don't know Santa very well. And Rupert laughed long, and he said, you don't know Santa very well. And Roberta said, you're you're no neutral Christmas spirit. And then Rupert said, no, but you're going nowhere, Roberta. He said, you're going to spend Christmas right here with your little reporter friend. And then he looked back at me, and when he did, Roberta reached out, and she had the, uh, the candy cane, the candy cane cartridge, candy cane cannon cartridge for the candy cane, cotton candy cannon, and she smashed it on the wall of the rock candy. And it, you, you, she, she just immediately ejected this giant spray, kind of like when you crack open a soda, but if a soda spray, a soda bottle, carbonated soda bottle, sprayed cotton candy. But, you know, I knew it was somehow weaponized. And it was a bit like something out of Spider Man's web. Immediately there was an intense peppermint smell. And the spray went everywhere, but mostly on Rubric. And he was covered in it, but Roberta also was hit in the face. Uh, by, and it, was, it looked like she had a candy cane, her entire head was covered in candy cane. Uh, cotton candy, candy, cane, cotton candy from the cotton candy, cane, cannon. And so Roberta's hair was covered in uh, colors of little red and green streaks, but mostly white. And she had a beard. And then she she looked at Ruprecht, and he also had a beard. His was more of a gray, stringy beard. A bit like... Uh, a bit like sour minds or, you know, flat hair. But other than, other than that, she didn't seem harmed. But Ruprecht was covered from head to toe in some sticky, sticky, gooey cotton candy, candy cane, cotton candy. And Roberta said, I, I, I need a ride to the North Pole. Is your sleigh outside of the back of this cave, Ruprecht? And he kind of huffed, and she said, enjoy... She goes, I don't think it's possible to eat your way out of this, but if you do, you'll have a terrible stomach ache. And he said, where are you going, Roberta? She said, to the North Pole, of course. She goes, "Rupert, I've been dreaming about bringing joys to the children of the world of my first Christmas ever since Santa Claus. Told me. I would be taking over for him. I've been dreaming, and then that dream was taken away from me. And Rubric said, "You're bringing toys to the good children of the world, Roberta." She said to all the children of the world. And she goes, "You, you, and whoever else isn't you and your Secret Santa might be able to stop this Christmas." But I won't have you ruin Christmas forever. Whatever it takes, I'm going to make sure the children of the world have their Christmas. And he said, uh, but what about that argument about saving the children? And she goes, you know that if that was possible, Santa would have done it just like I said. She goes, cool, right, let's go. And we headed out of the back of the cave. And outside the back of the cave was a more traditional sleigh with more traditional reindeer, and kind of old-fashioned, a neutral color. I said, and I said, who was that, Roberta? And she said, we don't have time, Claude. And she said, On and On Disher, and I think it was these weak uh, reindeer names. And we took off in this sleigh. And now we're just, I'm just sitting in this lake and had a wonderful, a nice few blankets, but uh, it, it night had fallen, and, but we had headed it north and the northern lights had come out. And I said, Roberta, is that the power of the North Pole? And she said, no, but that's north. That's the direction of the North Pole. And he said, is that the Christmas magic that he was speaking of? And she said, no, 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 the Christmas, those are the northern lights, it's a a phenomenon, a phenomena. And she explained it to me, but I was just, I was just looking at how beautiful they were and thinking of it. And she said, that's the magic of science, but there's real, and she goes, I can't explain it to you, Claude. But she said, we're going to, she said, things are probably going to get worse before they get better. But then we took the sleigh north and we waited outside and finally we came across the North Pole, but there was no one there and it seemed like there was buildings that had been snowed in, but at the center of town there seemed to be this large uh, hall and I I didn't know if it was secular or a church or an audience hall or some sort of, you know, a gym, I guess it could be a gym or a school. But we had it there. And that door and the steps had been uh, swept or uh, shoveled, even the pass, and we pulled the slab to the pass. And again, I started to, I said, don't, I said, Roberto, she said, just trust me, Claude, it's going to be okay, I think. And we walked in, and it was this, it, was, it wasn't a grand audience hall. But it was a long red and green carpet down just like you'd imagine if you were on a real trip to the North Pole. And they said, you'll get to tell Santa in person. Uh, down this hall were pillars on each side, down this long center aisle. And at the end of the aisle was another northern Mrs. Gloss sitting in a chair Uh, to the side of Santa Claus's throne-like chair where you would sit in his lap and tell him your presence. And I said, oh, no, they have Mrs. Claus, too. And Mrs. Claus, she looked down the aisle, and she had her little glasses point down her nose. And Roberto said, just stay close to me. And we started to walk down, and the rest of the hall was empty, but I could imagine it being filled with children or filled with elves. And there was a scent in the air, piney scent, also Roberto's peppermint scent, of course. For she still looked a bit like a wizened, I would say. And our walk down the aisle seemed to take forever each step, Uh, and it reminded me of the trek across the snow, but now I was in a warm room and thick carpet. was still we trekked, and as we got about three-quarters of the way down, Mrs. Claus clapped once or twice and seeming delighted, and started to laugh. And she said, "Oh, Roberta, what what has happened to you? You look a bit like you look a bit like Chris and a bit like Rupert." And Roberta sighed. And then Mrs. Claus got a cross look on her face. She said, "You don't find that funny, do you?" And then she reached under her chair. And pulled out this, this it looked like a combination candy cane wand. And she did say something, I think it was uh, a Christmas thing a chew and out shot like uh, some sort of uh, a green and red light. And I watched as this, this magical, uh, it looked like somebody just thrown up a bunch of expensive, uh, what was it called, spark glitter, circled Roberta's head in her face. And then her hair seemed to change into the cotton candy. And she grew a strange a strangely feminine beard as she looked at me with sad eyes. And so her hair and her face is is going to be covered in this fine white hair with streaks of red and grey high or red and green highlights. And then Mrs. Coloss was delighted again. She said it'll be the perfect disguise for you, Roberta, and you looked lovely, and she did look lovely. It was a, it was a sight to see. And then I said, Mrs. Gloss, are you are right. And she said, I am wonderful, Claude. She goes, you, you you've been She goes, you've been quite, quite digging quite deeply into things, haven't you? You, you do love Christmas, and Chris loved you so. And I said, Do you miss him, Mrs. Claus? And she said, She paused and she looked down. And she said, I, I don't think I do. And I said, You don't miss Santa? And she goes, No. And then she stood up and she stepped in front of Santa's throne. And I didn't even realize that it was a throne. I said, Is Santa always in a throne? And she sat down, and she said, bow to me. And I said, I, I was confused, and Roberta just seemed uh, not like she had shut down. But I, I guess I wasn't even aware of this. I was just so too, and she, I said, I'm sorry, Mrs. Klaus, did you say bow? And she said, bow to me, Claus, and bow to me, Roberta. And Roberta turned to me, and she said, this is Santa's secret, And I said, oh, dear, we're, we're, we're in a bit of trouble here. And then, believe it or not, I said, Mrs. Klaus, would you mind if I just, I don't know what's going to happen next. Would you mind if I, I have a report to to this scooter? And it'll get, you know, get word out about your operation and things. Do you mind if I uh, take a few minutes? And she goes, yeah, w- Roberta needs some time to think things over, too. Go ahead and file your report, Claude. So this is Claude Neon reporting, I don't know, I am as confused as you are folks, but it seems that Mrs. Claus is Secret Santa, and that something's afoot here, and I don't quite know what it is, but I'll talk to you soon, this is Claude Neon, thank you and good night. All right, thank you. So I'm way behind on my thank yous for. I'm way behind on my YouTube thank yous. So I want to say good night and thank you to Kaylee G uh, on YouTube. Good night to Tanya on YouTube. Jen uh, d Edge. Uh, good night. Uh, P O T R Peter. I believe. Good night. Uh, stay back. Good night. Thank you. Cesar, Cesar in Brazil, thank you so much. Uh, Will you go? Uh, Thank you so much. Thank you for your support. Uh, I also want to thank uh, an iTunes, com slash iTunes. I want to thank uh, Bennett42, who says, simply put, it works. Uh, Meditation has its place, but Scooter does an amazing job of helping you slow your thoughts and put you to sleep. The amount of work and effort he puts in the podcast is evident. Thank you, Scooter. Thank you, Bennett42. And then Saw Bear. Uh, good old Saw Bear. Or Saw a Bear. Don't do that. Don't Saw a Bear. Uh, four months in, no idea what the stories are about. I've been listening to Scooter stories almost every night since mid August. Started listening to podcasts because the apartment doesn't have AC and the nights are so unbearably hot, I couldn't fall asleep. Well, my friends that is now a problem of the past. I've never made it halfway, let alone finish an episode before falling asleep. Uh, apparently, some of his stories are sequential in the series-type style, but I can really tell you what the current series is about, nor what the previous series covered. The 10 to 15 minutes I do hear are slightly amusing. Boom, check. Definitely pleasant. That's something I've never heard. Thank you. And, but never entertaining enough to keep me awake if you're having trouble falling asleep. Fast Scooter is your guy, your boyfriend. Funny but not hilarious. A true master of melodic monotony. Well, thank you, Sawbear. That's so nice of you. And I'm glad the podcast is so effective. That's awesome. And I like your, you know, melodic monotony. And what was the other one? Pleasant. It was something pleasant. Pleasantly plain. That wasn't it. But uh, so thank you, Saw Bear. Over on uh, email, I want to thank Chris N, who's working on some stuff for the show. Uh, I want to thank Sierra uh, Michelle. Uh, I want to thank the Baroness. I want to thank Beth. Aaron, my buddy Marcus again, Alexandra, Catherine. I want to thank Larissa and Steve and Betty. Uh, Over on Twitter, I want to thank uh, Throw It All Away, Throw It Away podcast, the Nine Inch Nails podcast. Uh, That's over at throwitaway.net. They recommended the podcast. I want to thank Ruffle Andrew. Uh, who likes Dame Edna quotes Well I would I do be obliged Andrew I don't know if Dame Edna says that but I wanna thank Jennifer S, thank you. Scott H from down under uh, he says F and O mate Ridgie Ditch. That's that's the newest I gotta think of a boring boring way to say that, but thank you. Mum to one Uh, Chris L, Wither and Bloom, our old friend T, Uh, and her 13-year-old daughter. And a 13-year-old daughter. Uh, Chelsea M again. Thank you, Chelsea. Dickens Fair. MYK, just giving you shout-outs. Scallywags. Florence Rose. Thank you, Wall. Kathleen W., uh, that tweet just came in. And then over on Facebook, Paula MP, who had a dream about a scooter conference, but everyone fell asleep except for Paula. Uh, Paula said, keep up the awesome strangeness. Thank you. I want to thank Matthew Whitehouse for a link into that, other, that interesting product. I'm going to look into that. Uh, Alexandra and Mike, Julie C., uh, Myra and her husband, uh, Julia H., Laura, uh, Taryn, and Stephen, and Stacy, and Tupi, and Dustin in the Silver Tone. Uh, thank you all so much.